Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Jackie Phillips, and she's an American celebrity makeup artist, a public speaker, and award-winning, best-selling author. Jackie's mission in life is to inspire others to aspire to be to have their best lives. She encourages others to break the shackles of their lives in order to walk in truth and embrace their unique divine purpose. She's also author of one of a new book called Reset, and it's a journey. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Hello, Jackie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your show. Fantastic. Thank you for being here. It's such a, a thrill to have you. I've been looking forward to this all day. Oh, me too. Me too. So tell me, you wrote a book called Reset. Is that because you had to reset your life? I did. I did. I I believe we all have a lot of resets in our life. Um, I, I did. I had... It started with a business reset. I used to own spas and I um, partnered with someone. We were going to start a franchise and they went bankrupt pretty quickly. And so it was quite devastating because I'd had my first place for over seven years. And all of a sudden, everything, you know, I was in my second place by then, now in this partnership and everything ended you know without me really even knowing that it was going on and so that reset that little reset became a very big reset because then i i you know when you go through traumatic things it really makes you take an inventory of your life you know what they say about the spa business you know how you make a small fortune in the spa business how start with a very large fortune (laughs) I agree. That's the problem with the business. It's a very difficult business to do well with. And and that's, I'm sure there's much more bankruptcies that go on than people realize. It's a very, very difficult business to run all the time. And and unfortunately, when it breaks apart, it takes a lot of people's souls with them because they put their souls, hearts and souls in keeping it afloat. Well, yeah. And I mean, my first place was very successful when it was, you know, just myself and I, you know, I had another business partner, but when we partnered with this, this group, I guess you could say that is who went bankrupt. We didn't. And, um, it became just a very big thing, but the reset actually was such a blessing because like I said, I was able to take an inventory of my life and I realized that I really wasn't happy with a lot of things, you know, in my life. And so I, you know, the business ended, I ended a very long relationship. And that was where the reset journey came because I had gained a lot of spiritual weight, which turned into physical weight. And I worked very hard and shed it. 
and I rebuilt my life and changed it completely. And that was what I wrote about because it's it's hard when your plans. I, I always say God laughs when we make plans because He has very different plans for us, and um, it it just made me take a totally different course in life and do things that I never imagined doing, including now. Like I I'm going through another reset right now. I'm in graduate school and I'm graduating soon and I'm going to be starting my doctorate and I that was never a plan. So I do believe that. God meets us where we are. You know, we just have to take those steps and keep going and have faith in ourselves. And that when when we do, even when it's really hard and you don't feel like getting out of bed and going to work because you're miserable or whatever it is, if you just keep taking those action steps towards a positive way, you know, a path does open up. And it might not always be what we planned, but sometimes it's better than we could have ever expected. So absolutely. And, and yeah. I think that's, that's what people have to realize. I think that people, when they're going through their darkest hours, when they're going through their deepest despairs, there's always hope as long as you keep moving forward, as long as you keep searching for it. It's when you don't have hope, that's when you stop and, and you give in to the despair. Don't ever give in to despair. There's always hope. There's always a different action. There's always something else that can be done. You know, like a business going bankrupt. Well, that's a bankruptcy. You're not dead. You know, yeah. it's a whole different thing from that. So that's a business. It's it's over. It's done with. You can always make another business. You can always make another life. And that's what people have to realize that shutting one door often opens another. And that other door is often bigger than the one that was closed. And I, I think that, you know, I've done a, once the book came out, I, I have done a lot of speaking engagements, but the ones that really, I would say, touched me tremendously were the prison ministry that I did. And the one thing that I felt was like very common with the women and the one thing that I was able to do, thankfully, is say goodbye. Like sometimes you have to, like you just said, shut that door and the goodbye is your freedom. You know, saying goodbye is and saying no is such a freedom. And I, I feel, especially as women, we tend to be people pleasers and we don't say no enough and we don't say goodbye enough. You know, we're always hopeful that things will change or they'll work out. And, and sometimes it's, it won't. And you know, what's meant for you is meant for you. And you're right. You have to have hope. You have to believe in yourself. And that's one of the things, you know, one of the acronyms I write in the book reset is bloom. And it stands for believe love of ourself matters. And it's very important to bloom. And I, I think that a lot of our troubles, our inner struggles that turn into outer struggles come from not loving ourselves. And when we don't love ourselves, then why would someone else give us respect or love us when we're not doing it to ourselves first? And so it's very important. And I noticed that doing the prison ministry is a lot of those struggles came from just not having, you know, love for themselves, not knowing the power of no, not knowing the power of saying goodbye. And those lead to, you know, some very dark troubles sometimes. So 
That is a dark path that people go on. Yes. Being in prison is a very dark path. But I've talked to many people that have come through prison. And mm -hmm. at the other side, there is still another door that opens. Oh, yeah. And again, something else that has to be there if people realize it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've met some tremendous people um, that I've done events with that, you know, have come out of prison. And they're just living fantastic lives, you know, blessing people and, you know, in inspiring a lot of people. So it can be a really good thing, too. I think anytime you have a chance to turn your life around and sow into yourself is a positive thing, you know, if you take the opportunity. You say in your book that you should sit still, still and heal. What do you mean by that? I mean that I think that, you know, especially in, in our society now, you know, there's just so much noise. Everything is so fast. And in order to find answers, you know, and, you know, whether it's meditation or prayer, you know, whatever someone's practice is or their faith. I have found the best answers I have written, you know, Reset or my children's books, you know, from the adventures of Sashi and Bello by just like sitting quietly and just like letting myself just like rest, trying not to think too much. And that's when like those aha moments happen or those great ideas is, you know, when you can really allow yourself to be quiet and enjoy this still in the silence is when I feel like, you know, God gives you those answers or the Holy Spirit comes through you and you're like, wow, that's exactly what I needed to know. Or that that's the answer. Or, that's the way to go. Or that's the title of my book or, you know, so sit still and hill is important because most people can't sit still for more than like two seconds. They're on their phone or they're, you know, calling someone and it's important to be able to enjoy your own company and enjoy quiet and, you know, tune out the noise because it, it just exhausts us. So it's a way to rejuvenate as well. That's huge. That's huge. When you talk about kindness being a superpower, is kindness your superpower? <laughs> Well, it depends who you ask. No, I'm kidding. Um, yes, I, I mean, I, I think kindness is, is just the most important thing in the whole world. And the children's books that I write called The Adventures of Sushi and Bella, they're all about love and kindness. And, you know, we're not kind enough, first of all, to ourselves. You know, I, I believe that the kindness should start from your own conversations you have with yourself and it should start within and then leads to kindness with others. And, you know, when we lead with kindness, you just, you never know whose life you're going to touch. You, you never know what shoes someone's walking in and a kind word can just change someone's life. You know, just in, you know, just like in a second. And I do believe it's a super, a superpower because it can just spread. And it, you know, one kind word, another person says a kind word to someone and it just, 
It just creates a kinder world. So it is a superpower. And I I think we are lacking in our society right now a lot of kindness. I I think people are not giving each other the benefit of the doubt. They're they're jumping down people's throats from their own perspective without allowing people to to speak what they want to to do that i I think we're at a at a precipice i think we're at a turning point Mm -hmm. and and we move forward in a in a way that's positive and people take on a positive perspective or we move back in a very negative way and and i'm afraid of what's happening right now in the next couple of years that this precipice might go the wrong way unless we all work to make it a positive message one of kindness one of help because because i think that danger is very much there i agree with you 100 percent. and i mean and you know as a physician you know that's why i've been studying a lot in my program is positive organizational scholarship appreciative inquiry you know all their data shows positivity in an organization, positivity with individuals. When you lead with that and you're not, you know, telling someone what they did wrong, you're telling them what they do right and building from there, people flourish, organizations flourish. And I've always had that mentality. You know, my father owned a very successful restaurant and bar my whole life. You know, he had it 36 years. He's a man of few words, but he's a very kind man. And he always helped everyone. I never, ever, ever heard him raise a vo- his voice to anyone. If he needed to talk about something serious you know, with an employee, it was always in a private, private place. You know, he'd never embarrass someone. And his kindness, I believe, was the secret to his success. And it made the business flourish. Everyone was happy. And I've always tried to live my life that way. You know, you, Maya Angelou says, you know, you always, you don't remember like what someone gave you, but you always remember how they made you feel. And I know I'm messing it up, but you you always remember how someone made you feel. And so if you made someone feel kind, they're always going to think of you you know, in a good way. And I think that's very powerful and it's very important. And you're right that we are at this precipice and especially in America, you know, everything's so political. And I hear like some of my single friends, like they're like wondering about someone's political party before they're going on a date. And I'm like, this is crazy. I I would have never like thought of this before. And this is the world, like it's become very divided. And it's a shame. And I think if we focus more on kindness and interests and good things that that could dissipate. But you are right. We need to move forward that way. We need to move forward. And I think each one has to take a message of of gratitude, of hope, and one of giving. Because if, if a person gives and takes the time to give and works in a in an element of servitude, of serving somebody, of helping somebody, I, I think the world will be a better place as a result of it. And that's where the positivity comes out, just like you do when you speak to the prisons, just like when you do when you speak to schools, just like when you do when you sing your songs. Well, those songs. 
I, I try not to sing them. I always have the children sing them because I'm not a singer. I write them and that's it. And we do sing-alongs. But like you do, doctor, when you were do, removing tattoos from all those women, that was so beautiful. What a beautiful gift you gave all of them. Now, you know, it was wonderful because many people came to me. They were tattooed by their pimps and hold yeah. out to servitude to the street because that tattoo tied them there. There were gang members that if they had that tattoo in the wrong area, they would literally be killed by another gang. So yeah. it, it literally is something that we could give back so that they could have a new and a better life. And I think that's very important. I think it's very beautiful what you did. You saved a lot of lives, you know. Well, you know, it's a it's a little thing, and and this I think the Spanish summarize it in in a great little term, and they say "dinada," which means it's nothing. And, and <laughs> I think I, I think that's that's the way we should look at it. Is it's it's a little gift that you can give people to have a better life, and and that's we we should do it without something that we're doing for ourselves. It's not mm -hmm. something you're doing to for your ego or anything like that. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. And and that's the thing that it should be looked at as a positive step moving forward. It's the right thing to do. I agree with you. I, I grew up that way. You know, I was taught you, you should never tell what you're doing for others. You know, like if there was a fire or something, we would always give clothes and bags of clothes and food and you know whatever and my dad would always say you never tell that you do this you know god doesn't want you to tell you just do it and you do it because you can and you should be grateful that you can and i believe in that it's it's denada like you said it's something you can do because you can do it it's nothing it's nothing yeah <laughs> you know in canada we have a, a coffee shop called uh, Tim Hortons. And it's quite often that you'll go to your coffee shop and you'll go up to the top of the line and the servant will say, it's free. I said, what happened? The person before you bought your coffee, you know? And, and so of course, what you do is you reciprocate and buy the yeah. coffee at the person's next in line. And so it becomes something that becomes a real nice thing to do. You know, that, that all of a sudden your day is lifted up because somebody bought you a coffee that you didn't even know. Yeah, that's very nice. I've heard of that, yes. And I've been to Tim Hortons. Very good coffee. <laughs> a, a typical Canadian tradition, I think it's on every quarter, so something that Canadians like to think about. What is your favorite? From Tim Hortons. You know, I, I, I like a sweet one. So I like the French vanilla coffee. Mm. That's my favorite. So it's it's one of those ones that is a nice special treat that I have. I don't have it too often because, of course, <laughs> it's probably bad for you. But it's a great one. <laughs> a little a little of that's good for you, too, because it makes you happy. <laughs> that's great. So here's a question for you. What are some of the ways that you can recommend people remain positive in a toxic work environment? Because there's so many toxic environments out there. Oh, yes. I, I am very familiar with them. I think to remain positive in a toxic work environment, 
I think first off is you need to understand that, you know, you're there for a reason and what, and, and have an end goal in mind. So maybe it's, you know, a promotion, maybe it's going to another company, maybe you're in school, you know, like I'm in school. So I know that I'm working towards something. And I think when you have a, whether it's a toxic work environment, a toxic relationship, but when, if you have an end goal in mind and you can see yourself flourishing in a positive environment eventually, then I think you can make it make it work. And I think the the best advice is to not engage. You know, uh, like you were saying earlier, a lot of people they just want to hear themselves talk. They're not listening to you. And, and that is not authentic leadership. You know, your leaders should be listening. They should be, you know, considering ways to evaluate the situation, to find conflict resolution. And a lot of that doesn't happen because people are just talking. They're right. <laughs> they don't really care what you have to say. So I think the way around that is to not engage, you know, keep, you know, always do your best. Because you, if you know that you've done your best, then you never have to look at yourself and think, I could have done better. You know that whatever the result is, you did your best and you can leave in good regard and feel good about yourself. And I think it's your performance that matters at the end of the day. And to have an end goal in sight. I think when we have goals that we can achieve in life and I think that's why we always have a lot of resets in our life. I don't think you just have one. I think you have big ones, little ones, but to be goal oriented keeps people, you know, happy, prosperous, keeps us interested in life. It keeps us interesting. And I think that's the most important thing to do in a toxic work environment. Yesterday, I interviewed a very interesting speaker by the name of Bill Sterling, and you should listen to his talk when you get a chance. He's a, a negotiator. He goes into these real difficult situations where people are ready to kill each other and tries to bring something together. And uh, one of the gifts he's given to everybody that listens to that podcast is the seven sentences that will diffuse any situation. So something like that, that would be good for them. And I'm going to have him come back on an hour long show where he explains the process a little bit better as well, because something like that, I think will help so many people to uh, live a better life and to diffuse the situations they're in. Uh, I think those toxic situations are tough because what happens is you get reactive. A person does something to you, so you do something back. And then they do something to you, and then you do something back. And it gets into a very negative spiral where things escalate to a point that there's a, a, there's no return. And I think that's where self-awareness comes in. And I think that's where having self-confidence comes in and taking the higher road. You know, why would you want to engage in something like that? You know, I, I think a lot of times people are suffering and they like to take it out on others and whether it's their sub subordinates or you just got in the way of that person that day, you know, you were just the target. And yeah, I agree. It's people are reactive and that's where a good practice of meditation 
helps too. You know, you, you learn how to control yourself and be self-aware and less reactive and realize it's not really important. You know, you have your health, you have your family, like those are the important things. And we tend to forget about that because we're in such a fast paced life that sometimes we don't stop to think, you know, so Jackie, this show is called how to live a fantastic life. But you, Jackie Phillips, how do you live a fantastic life? How do I live a fantastic life? Well, I say very busy. So I would say that's a tired life. No, um, I'm in, I'm in a really beautiful relationship and I have this most sweetest little boy, kitty cat, who's the star of my books, Bello, who will be 19 years old this year. And we have a beautiful family, you know, we have beautiful parents and cousins and, you know, that's a fantastic life is just being able to have loved ones that you adore and enjoy. I think that's really the gift. So that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. You were living the fantastic life because you're doing so many positive things that everything is bringing you joy and happiness and you're giving it back to others. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so how can get people get copies of your books if they'd like to and repeat the names of your books again? Oh, well, thank you. My books are sold at Barnes and Noble. They're sold on Amazon. They are sold books a million. You, you can find them in a lot of places. I know one of the um, children's books, the coloring book is at Walmart, also online. And the one book is called Reset, Six Essential Resets to a Healthier, Happier You. And my name is Jackie Phillips. And the other books are um, The Adventures of Stashi and Bello is the name of the series. The first book I wrote is called I Got a Bike, Now What? And there's also a coloring book that goes with that book. And it's that those books are in English and Spanish. And the other book that um, is about bullying is called A Time to Shine, How to Help a Friend Who is Being Bullied. And I, that also has a coloring book that goes with it. And that's a lovely book as well because it's, I mean, they're all about kindness and love. And Sashi and Bello are adopted brothers. They're a dog and a cat. So it's, uh, you know, I wrote it just because we're such a multicultural society now that I think children will identify with, well, how could a dog and a cat be, you know, brothers and they're adopted. And, you know, so everybody in the books are different. So the mom is a cat, the dad's a dog. And I think um, children can identify that, you know, it's normal to be different. And why I did that is because I want people to know that it's so important to celebrate being unique and we're here to live our unique divine purpose and you should be excited about it and, you know, honor it and use it, you know, in a great way and not be ashamed of it. So that is where you can get them. And I also have a website, which is JackiePhillips.tv. So pretty, pretty easy to find. Excellent. 
Thank you, Jackie. Thank you for being on our show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, doctor, for having me. I'm just completely honored and your story is just so amazing and so inspiring. And I'm so glad you're doing this podcast because I know that you're blessing a lot of lives. Well, thank you very much and have a fantastic day. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.